Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Anna, you play in the syndication space. You play in the big multifamily area. You have experience that I simply do not have. We have talked about that part of the economy or that part of the investing landscape in some trouble. I want to catch you up on a conversation I had with Nuvo Capital Partners, specifically Brian Underdahl, and likely will be their CEO, Stuart, here shortly, because of an article out of The Real Deal. So A, have you heard of The Real Deal? And B, have you heard of Nuvo Capital Partners? Yes and yes. Awesome. So in The Real Deal, it was about two weeks ago, they wrote up a rather lengthy article about all of the gurus in the multifamily space, basically selling courses and this, that, and the other thing. At the very end of the article, they brought in Brian um, Underdahl from Nuvo Capital Partners to basically talk about picking up the pieces, right? There's a yes. lot of pain from the short-term debt, bad assumptions, bad investments, all of this. And what got my attention, and thankfully Brian said yes to the interview, was he talked about evaluating $500 million in deals. Yes. And in his estimation, only 100 million of those are savable. Wow. Meaning the other 400 million are toast. And I just had to talk to him. We had the conversation yesterday. I'll catch you up on that. But does that, how does that feel when you hear that number? 100 million savable out of the first 500 he's looked at. You know, I I think I don't think it's quite as dire than that as that, and I'll tell you why. I, I do want to sure. hear what he has to say because um, I could be wrong, but I will tell you this: the number of deals that were bought between 2020, late 2020, and mid 2022, the the vast majority of them were done with bridge debt, and so. Those loans basically were two to three years, some with up to two one-year extensions. And so if you just look at the fact that these bridge loans are variable rate loans, almost all of them, and they are coming due now and into next year, um, and if they get extended you know, one or two times, maybe some in 2025 and 2026, if you look at their debt service payments jumping and doubling from where they were, because rates literally in the commercial world from a, you know, have gone from like four to about eight um, and give or take, depending on, you know, the deal and the risk and all of that. But literally you've doubled your debt payments. And so we talked a little bit about this last week um, and in my article where that is really um, basically put about, put net operating income insufficient to cover your debt and therefore they can't make debt payments and they're having to figure out what to do. So one is can they save foreclosure and having to give the keys back to the bank like so many of these you know big headline making deals have done and the answer is yes some of them can be saved but they have to do a couple of things either they sell the question is can they sell them for as much as they thought they could absolutely no can they sell them for the amount of the debt 
if you looked, if you said, no, they can't, then you would say, yes, you know, one in five basically is savable. But the reality is there are um, groups, PE groups that come in and can and will save deals and take over, you know, most of the operators' equity. Um, there are lenders who are willing to extend as long as they can make the debt payment because they don't want all of these on their books either, because then they have to write off the asset, which you know makes their balance sheet unstable and could put those lenders into insolvency as well. And these banks, and they don't want that. So I think that there will be more banks. Um, and more groups that are at least willing, if you can make the debt payments, to extend and pretend for a little bit and to keep these, these deals from completely falling apart. So I don't think it's only one in five that are savable. I think you'll have more than that. I would say maybe, you know, maybe two out of four are savable. So I'm more at the 50% mark. Um, and you can also make capital calls where you ask your investors to pay more in. I'm invested in a deal that just had a capital call, um, but that I know can be saved. And so I'm going to, you know, put a little bit more money in that deal to keep us being able to make those debt payments with the lender that's willing to do that. So that's my initial thought is I don't think yeah. it's quite that bad, um, but I'm specifically looking at the markets that I'm invested in. I'm invested in higher quality properties and really great markets, A and B class stuff. Um, those that are in secondary and tertiary markets that people way overpaid for class C stuff that's also having problems, you know, collecting money and vacancies ticking up and, you know, lots of evictions. There's a lot more in that C-class and tertiary market space that I think definitely is probably more in the, you know, 10, you know, maybe 20, 25% are savable. Yeah. So I'll catch up on the conversation because we went for about a half hour, Brian and I, and yeah. hopefully again, I'll talk to their CEO, Stuart, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, first and foremost, the goal of Nouveau Capital Partners is to when they say savable, it's they can do a deal structure, bring in capital, redo the debt, whatever it is, and keep some of the LP equity there. Yes. Right. That is Nouveau Capital's goal, as I understand it. Yes. It's interesting talking to Brian because that is definitely a competitive advantage for Nouveau because the LPs will will, will get something. Right. He he is telling me that, you know what, Michael, there's also a lot of what he called vulture funds that yes. have zero interest in keeping the LPs in. They're, you know, vulture funds will dump the LPs or the equity in a heartbeat. So right. there, there there is a lot, hundreds and hundreds of millions, probably billions of dollars being raised because people see opportunities here. So yes. when Nouveau Capital says one in five, we got to remember that their goal is to keep some of the LP equity. And that that be that's probably why it's so low, in my opinion. Right. Um, right. So that's the first thing. It may be uh, because they're also saying what's savable and still gives the person coming to the rescue some type of incentive and profit to do less, the deal. But some correct. If there's no incentive and profits to do the deal, then there then these groups aren't going to come into the rescue, and then the you know they may have exactly. to turn it back over to the bank. So you know, and here's the reality: investors have to make money they're taking on huge risk and so yeah. you know these pe groups they are out there and they are helping people 
um, you know, not have to completely hand the keys over to the bank. But to your point, it's very difficult to do that when there isn't very much equity in the properties anymore. And so, you know, if you had someone that was a really good operator and they've been, they've held it for two years, but they're mostly through their renovation plan and their value add, then they have created enough equity over their debt that at least they can bring in, you know, a PE to kind of keep their their uh, debt service ratio in line and then have to basically dilute the equity of the limited partners, but at least there's something and, and there's still a chance that they hold that asset, they finish their value add, and they can sell it on the other side of, you know, interest rates being high when cap rates hopefully come come back down and values go back up. So that's why they're coming in because they're trying to find assets that they believe have equity and still have upside on the other side of this. Um, but for those that, you know, didn't do their value add plan, they weren't, you know, enough through it, they may have brought their, their occupancy way down to vacate units to fix up. Now they can't cover their debt service and they don't have a rentable product. The LPs probably already lost all their equity because the property may not be able to be sold today or rescued yep. for an amount less than the debt. And that's what he's, you know, basically saying when he says the LPs have already lost. No, absolutely. Kind of two more points because I thought it was really good. Again, I hope they had the CEO on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So in the article, it referenced $500 million. Well, obviously this is his day job. He's now looked at almost $700 million. And he can only find a hundred million that he think is savable given Nuvo Capital, which to me is is concerning. Back to the point that you and I said for about a year, that's a lot of LPs have lost their money; they don't even know it yet, right? That's, right. that's concerning. And then the Do last, you know, Michael, what their niche is, what type of multifamily deals are they looking at, and in what class markets? A. It's class A multifamily. I don't know the markets. I'll ask okay. the CEO. Okay. That, but definitely higher. Wow. So class. he's saying only one in seven class A can be rescued. My my guess for that is there is a lot of class A product that had construction loans. And so those rates were even higher. And yeah. they assumed that they would be able to fill them with top dollar rents. And a lot of them are not yet stabilized. So they may have finished the construction, but they haven't been able to lease them up. In fact, I just looked at a deal um, for a class A multifamily deal that had only leased up about 10% Ooh. of what they had hoped to lease up at this point. And, you know, so basically there is no cash flow no. and they want to try to sell it for replacement costs. But even at replacement costs, when there's no cash coming in, you know, any buyers basically taking over a problem and going, now we get to fill it in this, yeah, exactly. you know, less Lucky than us. seller environment. Um, even with loan assumptions, even with low interest rate debt, if you just can't get the rents and you can't fill them fast enough at the rents that you need, um, then even their debt oftentimes is higher than what the property is really worth today. And, and that does not surprise me. And those deals pretty much are unsavable unless not only do the LPs take a hit, but the LPs and GPs have to pay in just to give it oh, back yeah. to the bank or someone that wants to buy it. And nobody wants to do that, especially on non-recourse debt that they can walk away from. Exactly. And then the last thing that we talked about is obviously we talked about that 3,200 unit in Houston, which yes. burned a hundred million dollars. And my question to him, given he's in the weeds is, are there more like that coming? And his answer was unequivocally. Yes. Absolutely. I like, Absolutely. I, I know there are more coming. I, I know of operators that are, that are in trouble and how can you not be 
right? When, when you assume, okay, maybe rates could go up, um, but you didn't think that they'd go up 5% in a year. Nobody really did. To be fair, you know, there are really good operators that have a, a long history of operating really well um, that couldn't see rates going that high. I didn't either, you know, and here's the other sad part about it and why there's so many more in trouble is because even if they got a variable rate loan, but they put a cap rate insurance policy on it and said, hey, we're buying insurance to make sure our rate can't go above this. What nobody knew because cap rate insurance is such a new product, Michael, is that the lender could start to escrow for it and that the price of that product to renew it would be substantially higher because you're just told by your broker and the and, and the the um, lender, hey, you can buy cap rate insurance. It's 30 or 40 grand on a you know 250 unit property, uh, 25 to 50 million dollar deal. Maybe it's 30 to 50 grand, something like that. And you can you can cap your rate so it's not going to go higher. And then you can renew that. Well, they didn't tell you, hey, by the way, this rate cap that's costing you thirty thousand dollars when you close, when you renew it, it's going to be a million dollars. And no, I, I didn't stutter. Like those are real numbers. A thirty thousand dollar rate cap. Now the lender's escrowing on top of your new double interest rate mortgage payment. They're escrowing another $75,000, $90,000 per month to Ouch. cover the renewal that's coming up in a year for your cap rate insurance. And so there, it's very insurmountable for operators to pay double the mortgage payment and have the hit for the rate cap insurance, and they simply cannot make the numbers work. And so- that's why so many deals are unsavable um, to his point. So unequivocally, I know of, of many other deals that have this level of pain and we will see this. This is going to be in the next year or two, barring some kind of government intervention that says extend and pretend for every lender um, or rates drastically coming down. We're going to see a lot more of these deals, unfortunately, in the next year or two. Um, that simply can't be saved. And, and that's very sad for commercial real estate, but it's just beginning. Where can people find you? You can find me at AnnaKellyInvesting.com for coaching and consulting. You can find me here on your channel and on social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom. Thank you so much.